0: Hello, and welcome back to the Nerd Impact Podcast, for episode 58. And today we are returning to Stephen Erickson and uh, Ian C. Esselmont's world, The Malazan. We have initially covered this uh, series in a bit of depth, like Archie and I, and Aiden as well, as he'd just finished Gardens of the Moon. Went for a bit of a sort of series overview, but of course, as Aiden is working his way through this series, I believe he's now ordered Midnight Tides with House of Chains pretty much completed. Uh, but um, yeah, we're basically going to look to look, go through the books more specifically, as I think we did sort of cover the events of Gardens of the Moon, as Aiden had completed in our first uh, podcast episode. So today we're looking at Deadhouse Gates, the second entry in the uh, 10 book series. So, guys, how did we find it? dead house gates aiden i think I'll, I'll direct it to you first because uh, you've probably had the you know the fresh reader experience sooner than archie and i
1: yeah i mean like you said i i'm now past house of chains so if i go back to when i just read these two um i love gardens moon and then obviously hmm. i i was very uh you know i was a lot of high praise about it and then dead house just kind of blew that out the water and i was like okay yeah I i think i'm hooked mm-hmm. um you know got into the moon i was like yeah okay i'm really into this you know i want to i want to see where this goes and then dead house guys kind of just was like holy shit like <clears throat> this this has bumped up to like 11
0: mm-hmm.
1: i really enjoyed it I, I i remember reading this one quite quickly i mean as you know i'd say four months i'm basically doing a malazan book a month with mm-hmm. other books in between so i'm I'm clearly wanting to read these because they're so good but um I, I'm pretty sure on the the weekend of like nearing the end of Dead House Cats, I think I was about hanging out about 300 pages, and I normally try and do a chapter a day or mm. maybe two. And it got to Saturday, and, and it was getting to like the climax of the book, and I just thought, "Nah, fuck this!" And I literally just completely wiped my slate clean for Saturday. I was like, "I'm finishing this fucking book." Yep. And it, and it was it was so good. It's so brutal, and obviously, like you know, we will be going into spoiler territory, but like this book was. Heavy reading at the end, like mm. yeah, like it's pretty grim throughout. You know, it starts off quite grim, but the, the the end, like I was just like, oh my god, like that was horrible. That was tragic, but so good at the same time. Uh, yeah, it was really enjoyable. Um, it's not my favorite I've read so far, but the fact that obviously I'm writing this so highly shows that the writing is is top notch, and and I'm very much in, uh, you know invested. So. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, you know, as we get into it, we'll talk about favourite characters, least favourite characters. But uh, yeah, Archie,
2: what, what about you? Well, <laughs> like my opinion of Gardens of the Moon, when I first read this, uh, when I when I first read Gardens of the Moon, I didn't like it, and I went into this with that sort of preconceived notion that I wouldn't actually enjoy this, and didn't really like this the first time either. I read it, and it kind of most of it just flew over my head. And I just sort of skipped through the last few parts, which obviously was a massive mistake. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, then the third, the second time I read it, I enjoyed this one far more. Um, and in fact, like, liked it as, as it, independently of the rest of the series. I think it's one of the better books of fantasy ever written. But then when I read it the third time, the final time when I actually read most of them, uh, I now think this is one of the best fantasy novels ever written. Uh, I think it's absolutely incredible. Um, I don't, I don't think this um, has any of my favorite characters in it. I think, um, well, no, I said like Coltane, incredible, absolute king. I think that the simple, the story of it's simple, um, but, but obviously it has tons of threads, which are then you know, concluded later. They all lead into other things. And uh, the setting, I love Seven Cities. I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of deserts in fantasy uh, and science fiction. Um, you know, the idea of how the sands can hide things, uh, you know, going back to Lovecraft and what's his what's that? Sorry, it's The Shadow Out of Time for anyone who knows that short story. I won't bother explaining that. Um, <laughs> well, it, 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 I can't really explain it without spoiling the story, and it's quite course, a long one, but, of course. Yeah, if, you, if you're interested, it's worth reading though. Um, but it's is the idea of how history, like, yeah, Ozymandias, the poem by what's his name, by Pete, Percy Shelley, um, the way the sand wipes away all things, great grand history, mm. smothered by the sands of time. It's just it, it's Seven Cities is just full of that. Obviously, there's a a civilization existing on top of all that ruin, but that ruin is there, and it's really a focus in the book, which I really, really like.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, of course, you know Stephen Erikson's background as an anthropologist, definitely sort of, you know, the holy desert of Raroku and and Seven Cities itself, as you say, is sort of built upon, you know, hundreds of thousands of years of history, as we see through the character character of uh, Icarium and Mapo's journey through it, is, you know, the stuff he finds is, hundreds of thousands of years old. And of course,
2: uh, you, you know. No, Sorry, I, uh, you finished. No
0: worries. It's just sort of like the extent to which this is a lived-in area and 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 that feeling of of, of time and just civilizations crumbling and passing away built upon each other and just, you know, the, 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 that level of sort of, I'm trying to struggle to find the word for it, but that sort of esoteric, you know, feeling of history is, is amazing.
2: I think I think maybe the right word would be gravitas.
0: Gravitas, yes, most yeah, certainly. that would the, be it. The depth
2: yeah. and gravitas of the history. The, yeah. the fact that it means something and feels genuine, mm. Uh, mm. which a lot of made-up um, locations, a lot of made-up worlds just don't have. Like This is not necessarily related to the book, but I'm playing a game right now called Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous, which is one of those big, huge fantasy-setting games with the choices and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really noticeable um, like it's got a it's got a well-established world with tons of lore tied to Dungeons and Dragons, but it just doesn't feel. I just I'm not I, I don't know if it's the writing of the game or the names of everything. Again, it's ties back to the names of things or the the sort of the lore dumps or whatever. But it just doesn't feel yeah. real in the way that Seven Cities at least does to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's I know this is more specific than the general conversation, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's in this book um, where I think it's Felicine light touch, you know, ghost hands, and um, the other guy, the, the beast who's following them around towards the beginning of the book, what's his name? Ordin. Ordin. Yeah, yeah, so the, those three, um, I think it's after they escape the island, uh, or before, mm-hmm. they go underground. Yes. Um, there's some shit going on on the ground, it's to do with the divers and the soul taken, yep. I think it's um, some older after things, then. which led to this, it's like a kind of sign for the, of the it's like a, it's like Hebrick, um, gives this sort of like weird monologue about how that place fell apart mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah that i remember being one of my favorite parts of the book uh just the atmosphere of crumbling desolation the way you know the sort of the, the sort of history the, the soul taken and the divers are obviously still there now mm-hmm. but it's sort of like a, it's like a kind of show of that eternal struggle which wiped away civilization then and it's obviously coming back now because the divers and the soul taken are all over the book aren't they
0: they are yeah they're trying yeah, to find a yeah. path of hands to, to Tremor or the uh the Zath House on, on seven cities. But I believe it's, a, I believe it's a, a first empire city that you're talking about. The Hebrick sort of... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it basically sort of takes you on a flashback almost of, of how uh, it sort of was torn apart by the divers and uh, the soul taken. Who were the species in the first empire? So it was the first empire was Talon Mass,
2: okay. Yeah, yeah but yeah, then
0: there's yeah. also... is There's also... I could be incorrect in this, but there's also a first empire of humanity, which lends a bit of confusion
2: talking
0: about Kalor I don't believe Kalor is the first empire I think it's just it was another guy who who basically split himself into oh uh I can't really say, can't specifically say without spoiling too Lich much book, later on for, 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 for Aiden I believe it comes later on if I if Lich I'm book. correct I want to try and remember I think it's told the Hounds I'm not sure it's definitely one of the later ones uh but uh yeah I can't can't say but but effectively i'm fairly certain that the first empire was not ruled by kalor first human kalor the high king is 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 uh, well he's not even mentioned in this book yet he's not even mentioned in guards of the moon i don't think but uh no no but i mean he knows yeah of course no aiden 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 is is aware so i think as well for the audience that aiden as he's mentioned has read up that um past house of chains so generally speaking our conversation will include stuff that is you know relevant in house of chains this house of chains as the Malazan series goes, you have Gardens of the Moon, which is then follows directly, it's followed on by uh, Memories, Memories of Ice. But of course, that's the third book. So it sort of alternates between these two storylines. So the fourth book, House of Chains, generally follows on from the events of Deadhouse Gates. So we'll be including stuff like that. So like the re- revelation that, you know, to Black Eye is Castle all along stuff like that. So we'll generally refer yeah. to him as Karsa, not to Black Eye for Obviously, those who have yeah. only read uh, Deadhouse Gates. But hopefully, if you are watching, you'll have some... <laughs> comprehension of the series as a whole just to sort of give you more of an insight into our discussion really but uh yeah yeah i I think that's definitely an awesome point about that the feeling of history and and age Mm. but in terms of the actual plots that you know natural plot of the time that we actually in the seven cities is of course that uh i believe it's mentioned in gardens of the moon that there is you know sort of in passing that there's going to be you know a lot of Potential rebellion within the seven cities, and there's a lot of unrest yeah. in the in the region. But to the extent that we actually see it in the series, is crazy. The amount of things going on, yeah. uh, well, particularly in Deadhouse Gates in the second entry, is incredible. Like you've got Shake, you've got the army of the, um, the whirlwind. the, Apoc- uh, the, whirlwind of the army, army of the apocalypse. apocalypse yeah, Shake yeah, yeah, the whirlwind. And uh, yeah. you've got the, the Malazan forces there, you've got uh, Fiddler, Callum, and um, Apsalar and, and uh, Crocus looking to kill the Emperor Lucene. You've got the, uh, the divers and the soul taken, uh, trying to find the path of hands. And you've got Icarim Iker, and Mappo also wandering across uh, the seven cities. So you've got all these, you know, all these different people looking for all these different things within this desert. And so, of course, the way that their paths cross are fantastic. And you know, this you know, to, to me, 90% of this book, and generally speaking, 90% of the actual story itself is the chain of dogs which is just this absolutely epic. And I think the best way of saying it is it is a military operation. The way it's written and um, described by Stephen Erickson is superb is that every single little battle that the chain of dogs, this immense chain of uh, refugees led by Coltane and the Wiccans, as they sort of make their way across the 900 odd miles, I believe of desert they have to cross in order to, you know, to reach Aaron from Erilton. So it's, you know, on these mad orders, basically, as, as the, the Navy sort of abandons them, and, uh, you know, they're being deliberately denied support by the the upper echelons of, of the Malazan military. It's an immense journey, and it sort of forms the spine of this book in, in a very, you know, real way that the, the sort of chain of refugees formed a spine across the desert, to be uh, poetic about it. But th- this this is the main sort of conflict throughout it, and how you know, the other parties within the desert sort of come across or you know, hostile towards or interact with this chain of refugees and we get to sort of i guess we get to sort of get supplanted directly into that as we experience it through the eyes of Duica. uh i again pronunciations of malazan are weird because the way I sort of say it mentally and I'm sure the way you guys say it mentally is very different to to almost anyone i guess as you can have all these different interpretations of how it should be said but Duca, mm. the Imperial historian, who's attached to the Seventh Army, is witnessed to all this. Well, we're witnessed to what he sees. So he, he's basically sort of the 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 audience surrogate in that it's his duty to record it all and see it all in detail and to preserve these memories as is literally you know, done at the end. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a very interesting perspective that we get in that is that the, the intention of the character that we follow is the same as the audience, really, to, to get that full experience, to see it all and, and to memorize it all and appreciate it for
2: what it is. I think, I think that strikes me most is Colten, who is the Wiccan general and the, um, and obviously the, the guy, the leader of the army that is, uh, leading the, cha- the chain of dogs. The fact that the Wiccans were a subjugated tribe, um, mm. by the Malazan, um, you know, they were just one of a million tribes that were subjugated by the imperialist Malazans. Um, and for some reason, I can't remember the exact reason. Maybe it's just necessity. And no, it was honor. Something to do with honor, I mm-hmm. think, isn't it? Yeah, they um, they just, they actually lead the uh, the Malazans across and do it incredibly well, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> consequently die for the Malazans in an incredibly stupid way. Yep. Uh, they do cement themselves in history in a very cool way,
1: incredibly brutal way as well.
2: Yeah, brutal but incredible.
1: Yeah. 100%. You
0: know? I think it's, it's, it is <laughs> apparently obvious in the way that we're speaking is that the chain of dogs hasn't come to a very very good end. But no, again, I, I was surprised to, to the extent to which it does come to a terrible end. Because of course, you know, mm. by the time they reach the walls of Aaron, we're talking like an extremely decimated force that has made the absolutely impossible journey across the desert and somehow kept these refugees alive. Of course, a lot of them die, but <laughs> up until that point, there are still some survivors on the chain of dogs, very water-deprived, food-deprived, and, and you know, shattered and shocked basically. But those people do sunburn survive, as well. of course, sunburned as well. Yeah, yeah. But some people do survive, yet that is not enough, <laughs> is that uh, Steven Erickson takes it upon himself to really give the chain of dogs the most tragic end. And I will admit, the second time I read this, I feel like my second time through the series, in as a whole is i found myself much more emotionally in tune with the character experience and what they were going through rather than you know I, maybe you feel this aiden is that when I, I mean i didn't sort of take a book in between i've read them all in one go and i have a very bad habit of sort of burning through books mm. you know if i'm hooked and i like the premise i will just eviscerate it if i'm not then i would probably just put it down and never read it again but if i'm hooked like i was with the miles series, series it it's impossible for me to you know, I, was, I, I had a speed and a pace to it, which was great. It meant I got through the series, but it meant when I took the second time around, went a bit slower and a bit more methodical with it a bit more engaged with the ideas that I actually felt the poignant tragedy of the end of the chain of dogs. And yeah, it I really struck me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I like to do a completely different book in between, not because I don't want to carry on this series. Mm. It's to, because one, I have to, I, I give myself a few days afterwards to sit and think about this the stories I've just read and then just go yeah. into a light. Normally more often than not, it's very, it's like a very short, you know, 200, 300 page book. That's just quite light in comparison to, you know, such heavy content. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I, I genuinely was very shocked and quite disheartened. But like you said, I kind of following the journey and, you know, I, I did go back and reread the last kind of chapter or two mm-hmm. again, just to make sure I got everything. And I, I mean, you know, Garden to Moon had some, you know, people killed off and so forth, but it was in this book, and and especially after, you know, when you read what happens to the Chain of Dogs, I was like, no one is safe in this story. Like, no one mm. you like is guaranteed to survive. Um, and and yeah, I was I was genuinely like, Jesus Christ! Like, he he went there. Like, again, you thought, I think you know, reading stories, you always have that kind of optimism. That, mm-hmm something good will come out of it even if you know you know at first i was thinking okay they they, they might you know training dogs might win but it'll be like at the biggest cost ever and there will probably be like two survivors or something like that that was my <laughs> stupid naivety and optimism as i went in and then obviously it just all goes to tits and then the way coltan dies and stuff i was just like oh my god this is beyond brutal i think yeah. i'm pretty sure i messaged you about that i was like you did Shit me yeah. this is brutal and and it carries on into the next books like people you like and like these characters they just they don't always get like honorable deaths like mm-hmm. colt Col- obviously coltane is spared of the crows at the end of it but it was it was still the kind of implication of it i was like that is terrifying mm-hmm. um and again i was just like i was blown away that they that was, you know, basically the end like the end of the story. Obviously there's a bit of an epilogue, but you're basically just left with these characters you've been following through for, you know, like a thousand pages, they'll just fucking die. Mm. It's really really hard. Like I, I like I said, that's why I think it's good for me to have a book in between to kind of emotionally digest everything that's happened and, and prepare myself for it. it's probably gonna happen again and and you know, without spoiling memories of I too much, it fucking happens again.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> what, have, what? Oh, what we're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like again, the, nobody the, is the, safe. Yeah, the sissy stuff is what you're talking about, right? Yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of
1: my favorite characters fights the bullet in Memories of Ice. Yeah. Um, so, and again, you, I think the difference this, in Memories of Ice to this is there's no setup here. Hmm. They just die. Everyone just gets eviscerated, or they're just getting picked off throughout. There's nothing that really sets up that there's, you know, someone is going to die imminently. Whereas Gardens of the Moon, there's, there's small subtle hints, and you're like, okay, here we go. This is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And again, I remember messaging Nath and like, they've set up, this character's going to die. So I'm a little bit upset already, but until it happens. Whereas, you know, with Dead House, <clears throat> China Dogs just get absolutely wiped, and there's no warning, really. And and again, it was brilliant reading. I was, I was
2: engrossed, but I didn't feel good about it. I remember when I, um, you know, like again, like I said earlier with the the various rereadings I've had, it didn't really impact me the first time, it impacted me the second time. But the third time, I was almost crying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, Colteen's death is quite something. Um, yeah. And then obviously, when the arrow comes and hits him and he actually dies, it's like, whoa. The pathos, you know, the pity you feel. The way that everyone's staring down from the walls. Um, if I remember correctly, this could be wrong, but even the enemy shows a level of kind of Maybe preference. not. Yeah. yeah, maybe not guilt. But a certain level of silence falls across everyone mm. in that valley, and on the on the, on the on the on the on the um on the gates on the walls. It, it felt like a, a truly momentous occasion. And obviously, as you read later, I'm not. This is not a spoiler. Don't worry. Uh, the event obviously hasn't doesn't necessarily affect. Oh, yeah. the... Uh, it gets brought up. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, like as far late, much later in the in the story, you hear about the chain of dogs. You know, it Yeah, like this. Yeah. If,
1: if if this was a you know real world or we were in this world, this would be something you would absolutely hear for years and years to come. Like this is this is like a global not phenomenon. It's a catastrophe. Yeah, there you go. It's a global catastrophe.
2: It's like uh, Leonidas and the three hundred Spartans. Yeah. yeah. Literally, um, we'll how you know, obviously, over time, an event like that gets twisted and mythologized. Um, the same thing would happen with the chain of dogs in the real world. Scenario, but it wouldn't be forgotten. Um, well, the truth of it would be forgotten because what's his name dies. Um, but, you know, uh, in reality, if wow, someone survived, does it... he? so shut the fuck up, Nathaniel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the point is though, like, you know, the historian's there to witness the whole thing and he dies and the tragedy is there that, like, an event of, uh, an event of such momentous significance. Something mm. truly incredible and staggering dies, you know, like at least on the surface, dies there, and then with him on the on the Aaron Mile, you know. I was so he gets pissed hammered in. Dukia
1: dies. I, I, Duker, sorry, or yeah. Dukia, again pronunciation. I was pissed that he died died. Yeah. Um I I mean, again, talking about kind of incepting ideas and making you rethink. Again, there's a hint that maybe he wasn't, but Again, that was I'm pretty sure that was one of the last few pages you read is that his head his head's just on the pike. And I was literally like, What? I was um, like, You've just killed off the chain of dogs, you've just killed off Coltane, now you're done. again, you're literally just hammering home that everyone you've enjoyed in this book, ninety percent of them will die. I,
2: I mean I first read this series, um, this book. Like I said, I didn't like it very much, but I always liked Juker from the very beginning. And on the rereads, I was like, okay, I know there's a character in this I really enjoy, so he's going to be mm. Duke And so he's 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 a, he's a great fucking character. Um, and it was it was like sad as hell. Like obviously on the on the on the on the reread, you know he's going to die, and I don't think his death is as quite as impactful as Coltane's. Because mm. again, on the third reread, I was still upset by Coltane's death. I think Duke's death is more quiet and tragic. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I mean, he's he's he's, cool.
0: he's deliberately uh, made the last man be crucified, oh, is—it's yeah. almost like a spit in the face to the Malazan to kill their their, their, their historian. Last is it, it Luca himself? You know, the chain of dogs as well as we see through the series does have a resonating impact throughout. You know, the tale that is told within the Malazan Book of the Fallen, and it's—it's mm. it's literally seeing not just a legend, you know, we're seeing a legend being formed in real time, and it's—it—it it, it feels that weight of like the birth of mythology almost, as you said, Archie, it gets sort of, you know, twisted and and changed. That's sort of how it feels, especially, as you said, with Coltane's death. But, I mean, I remember being absolutely furious with the Jistel priest, you know, basically Uh, telling Pomqual to to send his army out and then getting surrounded. And so they literally have to lay down their arms and just get slaughtered. So 10,000 miles and soldiers just get crucified along a mile just for nothing. And I just remember being confused. and of course, well, I can't you know, go into spoiler territory for, for for later on in the series, uh, past House of Chains, but it it it's it's immense. It's an immense tragedy that goes largely unresolved, and mm-hmm. that that it it, it it maintains that sense of tragedy throughout the series. And, you know, of course, I think we, we discussed at length the ending of this book, but there's so much more to it. And it's, oh, hard, yeah. it's hard to avoid what is the emotional climax of this book because it hits like a truck. Honestly, yeah. as much as it's so patently obvious from very early on in, in The Chain of Dogs that this isn't going anywhere good, the just how badly it goes is still very much a shock on the first read and still is as I said with the second read round, like It you do
1: you forget kind of forget everything else that is happening within that story yeah, yeah. Um, but going back to other characters I mean as I said you know when I touched on the Gardens of Moon episode like the Bridgeburners are my favorite characters mm. Um still are to some point uh there obviously are new characters who are have taken spots and stuff but um I loved the you know the, the Catlam and the Fiddler stuff um yeah and no. then that whole that whole thing with Lacine as well. Like I I genuinely was shocked. Like I, I thought you know he's he you know obviously he's, he's there to assassinate her. And no. I was thinking one he's either gonna die trying or two he's gonna he's gonna do it. Like they were my only two kind of ideas at the time. And yeah. The fact that she just like straight up is like do it if you want, but actually this is what's happening. And, can you, remind and, me,
2: can you remind me. You remind me why he doesn't kill her again. I've forgotten.
1: He, so he, he, from what I remember, he accuses her of basically, you know, killing all the bridge burners and um, exiling uh, one arm. And she basically yeah. is like that's that's not true. Like this is actually the plan. She basically gives up the kind of the plot for the *Garden of the Moon*. Really. Oh, no, um, no, nice.
2: um, oh yeah, I forgot that digit. One arm was exiled. Yeah. Uh, and she she just yeah. says
1: it all to him. She's like, "No, that's, that's not true."
2: Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, because they want to unite with Darujistan to deal with the uh, people in the south, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You need know, to yeah. set Dujok free in order to allow him to actually do that. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly.
0: But I mean, of course, we have Callum's immense. Battle against the claws in Malar City prior to that. Oh,
2: which is wait, I thought that was so sick.
1: Absolutely
0: yeah. insane. Of course, Callum is, is one of my
1: favorite characters.
0: Easily one of my favorites. But here we get to see the true extent of which you should be scared of the bear that is Callum. Is that he yeah. just, you know, I mean, he takes wounds, don't get me wrong, and he does get, get beaten up at points, but he absolutely eviscerates, you know, claw after claw. And mm. it's kind of absurd.
1: <laughs> oh, that's what I love about it. Again, it, just in characters in general, that you can basically have these characters who are OP as fuck, but mm-hmm. because they get caught, because they get stabbed, because they get injured, it makes it a little bit more like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. If, you know, you know even as you know we won't go on to too much but, you know like cast for example like you know he's an absolute machine but he still takes wounds and mm-hmm. it's like yeah. okay, i'm glad you're not just you haven't you've got plot armor and basically just walk through these people like he takes a lot of licks but fuck me does he deliver them back tenfold
0: oh Casar Kars- yeah. is is superb of a character i mean he, he i think the best way to think about him is he's the doom guy of malazan
2: <laughs> really yeah. is he, that he's just reminds he, me more of guts to be honest
0: I don't, um, um, I mean, I, I can see the, old, maybe. I can see maybe the Guts comparison, but less, less tortured than Guts and less human. So, yeah, yeah, is, less, less tortured and
1: less human. The Karsa is, is, is
0: a bit more, Karsa yeah. is much more dismissive, but I mean, a fair comparison, yeah. maybe. I'm
1: not going to lie as well, and I know this is kind of jumping into hash chains, but when him and Callum kind of, cross pass very briefly i was like mm-hmm. shit is gonna go down and then nothing happened and i was like damn that, that, that could have been something else i don't know if it will obviously carry on because i haven't finished them but at that time moment in time i was very excited to see where that went so i kind of hope to um happen.
2: callum at the end of Deadhouse gates he goes and lives he gets with, he, get, he, he uh enters the wrong um,
1: shadow yeah with oh god what's called um uh,
0: yeah, been, oh, sorry. he basically trains the uh the 1300 well again to show the depravity well not depravity but the, the the grim nature that this book will go to is that at some point uh Callum and Manala and Kenneb and Grubb as well uh, yeah. uh they exit the imperial war and basically they, yeah. they see one you know there's like a, a thousand odd uh, males and children which have been Crucified yeah. by Col- Oh, Col- Col- I remember
2: now. Yes,
0: uh, of course. You know, Callum is working in 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 league with Shadow Throne. So basically, demands yeah. of uh, Cotillion, I believe, that mm-hmm. uh, that he make penance for you know, for, <laughs> for allowing this sort of this sort of thing to happen as part of his plans, basically. And yeah. uh, they basically take in the one thousand three hundred children into the realm of shadow.
2: Which... What happened to the? Do a lot of some of those children lose their eyes? Am uh, I imagining that? Um, uh, I
0: mean, it becomes relevant later on.
1: I, I'm pretty sure that remember. does get mentioned. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that does get mentioned. I made. mean,
0: it's it's very relevant later on, but uh, okay, fine,
2: fine, okay, that's that's I mean, a, a, Again, again that
1: that I, know, I know it's only mentioned in passing, so I can't wait for um has changed, but Cotillion, oh god, fucking king, like love him one of my favorite characters if not my favorite character and i'm like i said i'm only four books in so
0: i mean he's he again definitely most human of all the gods yeah particularly yeah. that the time is taken we see you know very much so later on is the, the toll that the great game that they're playing has upon him as a mm-hmm. you know someone who is you know sympathetic to to the people who he you know possesses and stuff as we see with his relationship with absalom that they, like he feels awkward and regretful, and 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 like he's violated her in a way, and and you know she's justifiably upset about being, being forcibly possessed by a god for like an entire year and, and murdering lots of people while while under his thrall, which is totally justifiable. But again, it's it's, it's all part of his his you know his and Thrones greater play in the game of power. But I mean
2: that that's that's the whole book we can't really talk about cotillion and shadow throws well play, of course that, just, that that's the whole point of the whole series really well, uh, again that's <laughs> that's what we
0: know what's going on the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the cards are being moved the deck of dragons is is in play yeah but um i i mean we, we see some the introduction of some amazing characters is is this does not aside from fiddler and calamus is obvious and quick ben and shadow throne generally speaking the cast of characters is completely new is yep. We have Colton Seventh Army, we have all the members there who are, who have distinct, you know, personalities of their own right. However, we also have the introduction of the ever important and one of my favorite characters, Icarium, with Mappo. Mm. So, Icarium is, of course, this, this, you know, Jigut of immense power. However, Isn't he's very he mysterious. Dude. So, after I believe he is, yeah, yeah, after yeah. Um, and we, we do, you know, see in this that he is such a threat to the Azath yeah. House Tremelor just, that they... Just a bit. He's, yeah. he's, he's extremely dangerous. You know, Mappo is, of course, his... Well, not reluctant, but very very burdened companion who has to, to, to deal with the weight of both, you know, removing the memory and preventing Icarium's memory being restored.
1: Their and relationship genuinely was really heartbreaking to read. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, Icarium like literally, like, puts all his faith into Mappo. Mm. without even hesitation and obviously the guilt that consistently builds for mappo as they go along is really fucking hard to read but again it's 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 so engrossing like i I literally again every time i what i like about these books is you kind of get a feel for who whose chapter it's going to be and every time it came to ikarium and mappo i was excited to read what was going to happen next because of obviously what they were building for yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely, and they're they're, they're much more neutral, mm. you know, sort of agent in these in these actions. Is they're just sort of making their way through seven cities. They don't have the same sort of objectives like the Malaz- Malazans do, or Callum and Fiddler. They're just sort of going for the ride, and so that neutrality lends it a bit. It kind of diffuses tension a lot in a way. I find that their chapters are more like, yeah. oh, they're just making their way through the desert. We get to see more of the history, and we get to to see
1: so their relationship. The it's almost the connecting thread to some of the plots isn't it really mm. like well
2: doesn't fiddler and crocus and don't they end who? up with uh yeah, a, uh, yeah. at at, at oh, the temple luckily. of shadow
0: with yeah. the very best character one of the very best characters in the series the the ever brilliant and ever scheming iscarol pusk who is one he's of my little favorite what, little g donkey. don't forget his donkey, his donkey. No. do not uh, forget his donkey no, no, no. Yeah, she's servant. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. The donkey is different. The donkey is different. I donkey's thought servant and donkey are no, literally no, 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 no. the same thing. The donkey's no. the donkey is different because the the donkey is 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 dangerous. The donkey is something. something mm. the, the donkey the donkey is something else. But of course, <laughs> he, his, his relationship with Magora as well the the um, Spider Woman, which gets you know, I believe it's oh, more developed the, in in the House of Chains. I
2: forgot about the Spider Woman. Absolutely
0: yeah. hilarious. So he's yeah, sort yeah. of the, the comic relief. Yet. Yeah. Everyone takes him. You know, they dismiss him. They, he's rambling. There's no idea, but what he's saying is almost always like 100 true. It's just no one has the context that he has to make or sense of what of, he's saying.
1: He kind of like 180s on it. So he's like, "Oh yes, they're going to be a bad guy." Or maybe they're not. So it's kind of like, well, which one are you fucking on about? Like, I don't know which one you're talking about right now. Which one's the truth? But yeah, you're right. Everything he says, something he says is is truth.
0: Mm -hmm, absolutely like he's 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 so disarming in his madness but it's so deliberate as well yeah that of course people dismiss him and so he likes that dismissal because then they you know they're less likely to pay attention to the very clever schemes that he's pulling off like he's there is a reason exactly there is a reason he is the high priest of of house shadow (laughs) he's not He's not just some madman, really. I mean, he is, but he's also not. So,
2: <laughs> he's like he's an, he's like genius in his madness.
0: Absolutely, that's the best way of putting it. But you know, yeah. we have again. We the 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 intro is worth mentioning as we've talked about Felicin, but she is, oh, she is Captain Parren's daughter. You know, not daughter, sister. sister. Not so, it. of course, it, it's it's interesting the way that the opening of Gardens of the Moon sort of mirrors house Gates, and they both open with a purge of the, the you know the city of the yeah, and City. Yeah, we, we, we see, you know, the Mouse Quarter being uh parent sort of observing it with Whiskey Jack on on the uh Moots Hold in the the first ep not the first epilogue, yeah. No, the first prologue. Yeah. Um oh, yeah. and in we get the sort of a more in-depth look at it, that sort of cull and, and how violent and and vile it is that you know, the way he describes this sort of madness consuming the, the, the crowd and we have also in you know, the portents from hood then the, the fly covered priests oh
2: yeah the, the, the priest of hood is walking around covered oh, in fly horrific flies. like and it just you
0: know the the, 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 the you know uh, <laughs> the crowd literally tearing some of the prisoners apart like it's literally, literally the pulling them the I, I believe it is it's, a, it's a, an extremely you know you understand yeah, yeah. He, he literally introduces oh. felison this young girl and he's like yeah, have the most traumatic experience someone could ever go through.
2: I've got the I've got the, the first paragraph here. I won't read the whole thing. He came shambling into the judgments round from the avenue of souls, a mishapen mass of flies. <laughs> Seething lumps curled on his body in mindless migration, black and glittering, and occasionally falling away in frenzied clumps that exploded into fragmented flights as they struck the coals. It's disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it's such, su-
0: such su- it just it, it, just opening the book with that really sets the scene. This yeah, uh, especially opening with this poor you know hood's priest as well. A lot of people are gonna die, right? Like a lot <laughs> of death. A lot of death is front of center, right? He's, yeah. he's he's come to claim his due, and I I, I it's such. It's, I mean, Fellison as a character is utterly repulsive, right? Like mm.
1: I I struggled. You, really, yeah. really but of course that great. is
0: deliberate right like she's an f- immensely traumatized young woman who goes through practically almost everything bad that could happen to a person the professional
1: yeah. in me was really torn mm. really torn because i was like you've been through the worst fucking experience in your entire life yep. and i feel for you but then i'm like you're such an asshole to everyone that i kind she's of hate you
0: so repulsive to borden even though he keenly oh, saves her life you, that yes. dude is
1: an absolute champion. So she's yeah. so
0: just casually cruel towards Heberic, who of course, yeah. you know, is our handless priest of, of, of Fenner, who you know is shackled by his legs because he not actually can't be shackled by his wrists because <laughs> he doesn't have any hands. But Heberic, yeah. in, in a very, i suppose mocking name, light touch, you know, him being a thief as well. That's why he's got his hands cut off. But uh him the priest of Fenner that he is he goes through a lot of crisis of faith in this, but he, he gets beaten down, Hebrick, particularly in, in House of Chains, you see him becoming a very, very bitter, bitter man and, and very, you know, torn in his faith because as he does in this book, he does accidentally rip his God from his warren and, <laughs> and cast him upon the mortal plane, effectively condemning his own God to death, which is a pretty brutal thing to go through alongside everything else that he has in his life. But, yeah. you know, Bellison is so horrible. She did routinely just yeah. as they're traveling as a pair, she, she just works to break him down as just entertainment. And of course, you know, she's gone through terrible things, but it, it it's it's just hard no
2: reason to be so spiteful.
0: Exactly. She's just pure spite incarnate, really. And I think that's yeah that's probably what makes very, a suitable candidate to become Shake, is as which yeah. I found very surprising. You know, yeah, when, I didn't expect that. I, I mean, did you actually? Did you expect that? Isn't
2: well, you mean Felisin becoming the apocalypse?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not foreshadowed. I mean, it 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 does raise the question as to why she's such a focus in the book. But then, you know, for for, for Sheikh to get the book of Dri- Drijna and then immediately get killed by the Red Blades is I was blown away by that. that also, I was
1: like, also a very, yeah a massive shock.
2: can, can I remember? Can I? I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. Um, I really don't know how to answer this question, because it kind of makes sense, given this, I think. The origin of what the whirlwind actually is, Nathaniel, do you know what I'm talking Uh, about?
1: I'm pretty sure that's mentioned in House of Chains.
0: I believe it is, yeah.
2: So... You're good. You're good. You know, know, like, what's his name's ex-girlfriend, basically? Or wife?
0: Who's ex-girlfriend?
2: Honest Lan, what's his name? I swear that the the whirlwind has something to do with what's I think so. No, Kalava's
0: assisted. Um, it's, it's, no, not,
2: not, not Kalava. Again, this could be some shit I just made up in my head. But I swear that the whirlwind has something to do with um, going back in time to what's his name? You know, the the, the, the skeletal guy with the great sword. I think his name's Onos Talan. It could be, yeah, Onos Talun. Yeah, yeah I swear Onos... he fucks someone over in the past really, really, really badly. And they get really, really mad. And that manifests to, to sample it down massively into the whirlwind.
0: I, 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 I fairly, yeah, I, I believe it's, I, I mean, I'm going to go Google it quickly, but I believe what you're talking about is basically, uh, that Onrak effectively, I believe it's Onrak's wife is that he cheats yes. on, on, on his wife with kilava And so her spurn is, what is it, cheats is that she, he, he think... draws her, he, yeah. he, he draws a cave painting. Is that not? Yeah, right? I don't
1: think that no, I think you're right, but I don't know that. I think it has a chance. It's it's, it's touched ah, okay. upon. Yeah, so that comes that comes later.
0: Is. That definitely comes yeah. later. Is a hundred percent. But it's fine. It's not the point
2: fun. the point of that is like it makes sense given the sheer anger of the whirlwind goddess mm. why she would choose Belisin to be the the the, the herald basically. Mm-hmm. You see my point.
1: Yeah, is it I, um kind of around those characters is it cool who just gets decimated like literally just out of nowhere yeah he does well <laughs> that, that fully shocked shook me like that was that's when i think it was at that moment when i went great so main characters are absolutely at, at danger point Poor like Culp,
0: man. Yeah, yeah like
1: he, he, i was actually rooting for Culp for quite a while and then he literally just gets fucking devoured by the whirlwind and i was like no
0: he gets, uh, he gets killed uh, by the, 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 the he, divers the rat divers oh that's, right, yeah, that's yeah. Right.
2: I found I found the answer by the way, and it seems to suggest the answer is in House of Chains. Yeah, probably. It, uh, it was later, later revealed that the Whirlwind Goddess had once been an an Amas mate of Onrak. Shortly before the ritual of Talan, she had mm. become so enraged by his adultery with kalava that she carried I know her rage into yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Which is which is a testament to the the extent to which the Amas feel is that they're particularly just primal in that regard, that the humanity its mo- most pure form. So you know, to for them to, to to sort of feel such a betrayal, to manifest into, into a goddess of wrath and destruction
2: is quite impressive, really. Yeah, and, well, I mean, Felicin's an absolute bitch full of incredible anger. Mm, and so she's the perfect mm, host.
0: Literally the perfect host. And again, yeah. you know, I, I, there, there's so much in this that it's very subtle, the touches that come that are relevant in this, in all the way in Deadhouse Gates, which are relevant later on, in that you know we see Callum and Minala, they 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 get pursued into the, the, well they believe they follow Pearl and Lostara into the yeah. Imperial Warren, and it's all covered in ash and it's all destroyed. Now in Memories of Ice, <laughs> what gets taken and put in a Warren by three Elder Gods? and happens to be covered in an ash and is a destroyed world. Is it not Kalor's empire?
2: Didn't I, oh, of course I brought this up in the other podcast, but Aiden wasn't mm, here for that. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, of course point, he, yeah. he had
0: not read that far, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the Imperial Warrant is literally Kalor's old empire. Just yeah. it's, it's the, 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 the massive area that was you know, originally covered seven cities. That's why it's, they can access it in, uh, um, in seven cities, is what was the, the continent was basically once there, and they've literally it's literally just ripped out of burn, and that's what they access and what they travel across is is the burned wasteland of Kalos which is it, it's like there's not just a layer of of history in the sands of Roroku, there's also you know magical layer of history, right? Like I don't think I'm explaining that right. Is that the the Warren itself is like a part of that history? It's just magically separated, which is awesome. Which really, really cool.
2: It's uh, history. It's history across dimensions, basically.
0: Absolutely, and I believe as well. You do. They do notice uh, some chain. Uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler for for Aiden or not, but I believe it's mentioned in, in either House of Chains or. In the, Kachine,
2: the Kachina mentioned in Memories of Ice as well.
0: They are mentioned mm-hmm. in Memories of Ice, but you do see other sort of moonspawn traveling through the Imperial Warren.
2: Oh, of course,
0: yeah. And um, you know, you also have the introduction of characters like Stormy and Gesler and Truth. Oh, Stormy and Gesler, them right, sort right, of being right. you know sort of tempered by the fires of the Talan Warren. Absolutely superb characters. Is it the Talan Warren? It is, yeah, yeah it's the Warren of fire as, as to why that they because um, uh-huh. it's is remember they which again becomes yeah. even more relevant is that they 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 they, they find the salandra so this this this
2: a dead dragon yeah
0: no no no, no um, oh. they 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 find
2: the boat the, the ship uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, the,
0: the the boat, boat which was crewed by the Tistedda yeah but has a, just a pile of Tistandi heads on it which is still yeah. alive. And, yeah. of course, something has just eviscerated all the crew, which, of yeah. course, turns out to be Castle all <laughs> Just appears yeah. and just murders all of the Tist Edda on the boat who have no idea what's going on. He just storms it. Then she kicks in the captain's door. He's, he tries to cast some magic. He immediately dismisses it and, and hurls a spear so hard it pins him to his
2: chair. So... Is, is Karsa basically immune to magic, basically? He
0: effectively is, yeah. Yeah. He yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of it, just walks straight through it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
2: I,
1: I've got to say, obviously, again, reading this as, as you know, part of the House of Chains storyline, there is so much in this that is paid off, both just reading this on its own, but then reading it with further context or with a bit of a different perspective just makes it even better like you said like obviously the you know the the boat with all the um tisty andy on uh, andy andy the yeah um with with all them on there and obviously the captain pinned to the thing like there was a whole mystery about now even again i remember saying this enough i was like i feel like there's something about that that's going to come back in and obviously reading in house of chains that literally was just one guy who literally just fucking (laughs) demolishes them all because he can and because he wants to like again but it was just cool to bring it back and and make it a completely different kind of it's from a different perspective and and i appreciate Mm. that i I love i love when books can tie things in without it feeling too forced or messy
0: yeah because it's it's we didn't necessarily need that explained it's just Uh, it makes it's it's variants and the way Roy writes is, is, is able to make the, all these small little events and all these small details pull together and just make so much of an impact while also, so even these small details, they seem naturally, so like it's it's natural that they just end upon that boat, which happens to tie into later events. It doesn't feel forced necessarily. And it's so, it's so brilliantly tied together the way that it does, you know, sort of eventually th- you know all these threads, very George R. R. Martin like that. That's definitely one of the strengths of Game I mean, of Thrones is, is the threads coming together, right? The,
1: the best thing, you know, the, again about like payoffs and and just weaving someone in is is Karsa, You know, mm. you don't mm. really see much of him in Dead House guys. He's called to, bog, to bog, look, I kind of say to black to black eye, and he he's, he has a very small role in it. Really, mm. you know, he's, he's, he's on, yeah, he's a bodyguard to Shake, and mm. he's like, I don't like you, Hebrick. Mm. That, that's it and then you get basically the first quarter of the of house of chains is just his backstory on why he he, he who he is and that it completely order. changed changed my perspective
2: mm. i remember thinking that this is again about house of chains i remember thinking that there was a a bit too much weird rape scenes in the beginning of house of chains so much
1: <laughs> and then again yeah. It was divorce, guys.
2: yeah no but i mean just like Okay, so as a spe- as a, as a group, it is by nature our role to rape women. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of like yeah. okay, bro, like okay. You know, yeah, I, got- the, 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 I
0: believe there's more a way to sort of emphasize their barbarity than anything, and the yeah. fact that you know that they're, they're yeah. aggressively holding to these just tragically self-destructive and and horrific sort of tribal ways. And again, it's sort of emphasizing the whole, that whole whole sort of. Quarter of, of House of Chains is definitely all about that sort of uh, conflict between you know the wilderness and and you know the, the humanity that's that's encroaching on it all. And I I agree with you that it is ever a bit more forced in that segment. But again, it's I don't know. It, it, it's always um, a, a weird thing in books.
1: I must say, it's not fun to read. But Benneth's kind of toxic, abusive kind of gaslighting whatever you want to call it kind of manipulation of fellas it's not good to read mm. but it is extremely accurate you know what you know yeah. in my profession i've worked with people who have gone through exactly that you know i know people who have gone through that and and reading it it, it, it enraged me but because it was so fucking accurate on how toxic mm. people would be mm. like i genuinely hated Bennett and how he treated fellas and again that's why even if she sucks and she's a complete asshole because of what happened to her, I'm like, you kind of have a reason to be that way. You shouldn't yeah, be. But yeah. You have. And it was, again, it was, it was good reading for the, all the wrong reasons. Yeah, I, I hate myself for reading it, but I was like, you know what? This is really accurate. Like, I don't know who, if you know, Stephen Erickson has been through that or, you know, I don't, I don't know how, if he knows someone, but Fuck me, he was close to the, you know, close to home on, on on how disgustingly manipulative people can be, and and you know, taking prey on vulnerable children, and and again, it's fucked up. I mean, the whole thing of raping children gets a lot, like you said, it's quite heavy, mm. and mm. it's not fun to talk about as a topic. And then obviously having to read it, I was a bit like, whoa, this is hard. And the fact that it happens quite a bit was, you know, was quite a lot. But I think then you have. Characters like Baldin and who stick with her even though she's a complete bitch for the entire time.
0: Yeah. Shows
1: that people are inherently good, and I know this. You know this is perspective and stuff, but that I, that's why I enjoyed those characters. I was like, you know, she's a bitch, but you know why? And obviously, then you find out. You know, Baldin was obviously put in charge of protecting her. Yeah, and he's he a does talent. that yeah. to an absolute T. Like he does that to the very end. And that dude takes some beatings as well. Yeah. And again, until you know, you read further on, you genuinely thought he was dead. And it was re- again, I was really upset that he died. I, you know, especially because he took so many beatings. Like he sat on fire, he's stabbed. Yep. Um, but obviously, he kind of gets a pretty cool comeuppance. If I don't know, I'm assuming it will continue on further past House of Chains, but it's hinted on in Memories of Ice, and then it's confirmed in House of Chains.
2: Yeah, what but
0: he, he's uh, the Knight uh, of High House Death. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: you he don't appears, know it's him. And...
1: In House of... yeah. Sorry, Memories of Ice. You don't know it's him. He yeah. just appears, and um, mm-hmm. and then yeah, he, he um. He's yeah,
2: at this point, I'm thinking, do I need to reread the whole series again? No, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't do that. It's it is much, an
0: much. undertaking. It is an absolute yeah. undertaking. But uh,
2: Yeah, I really can't.
0: I mean, do, do you guys have any more to add about how? I mean, we've, we have, as is inevitable, we have drifted off, but it's impossible to talk about these books in isolation. Really. Yeah, no.
1: I think that's the beauty of why we're doing it after i'm a few books ahead because mm-hmm. they are going to overlap and, and come into each other absolutely yeah. we'll probably do memories of ice soon but i know that the sixth book i'm pretty sure the sixth book has quite a bit of stuff from memories of ice like kind of plot threads from that if i remember correctly the bone hunters.
0: that's the bone hunters yeah yeah it, yeah, does. it does it does yeah. yeah so i
1: think i think we'll wait to do the memories of ice episode until i've finished Bone Hunters because I,
0: Bone um, Hunters. Is a good I one. do enjoy the Bone Hunters. Yeah. I do enjoy that. I mean I enjoy all of them really, but uh some mean, more than I'm
1: intrigued to read Midnight Tides because I'm I'm very aware that it's it's a, essentially a kind of clean slate, it's new characters, bar I think one. Um, yeah I'd, I think I might have read a mild spoiler when I was looking at reviews. I'm pretty sure Casa gets a mention in it, if I'm correct. Yeah.
2: Uh, well
0: I don't See? believe in, in Midnight Tides. But he does tie into
2: that story later. Oh, yeah. okay. He yeah, okay. He does. He does.
1: Yeah, yeah um, in, in general, uh, Dead House Guys, you know, if for anyone who's read Gardens of the Moon and really enjoyed it, going reading, going to read Dead House Guys, I'd be very surprised if you didn't enjoy that book more. I know I definitely mm. didn't. I did. It's his favourite out of the lot. And I know it ranked high for you as well, Nath. So.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, of course... A lot of people do struggle well, you know, with, with, with Gardens of the Moon. So it's it's unfortunate, right, that they're so close to the cusp of something incredible, right? That if they just got through Gardens of the Moon, which I like. I do like Gardens like of the it. Moon. I still like it. But, but it's understandable as well how people would not take to it and find it difficult to, to fully get into and, and to understand it all because it presupposes so much. But yeah. if you get through it, and you understand the way the world works and what the tone, what's expected and what they're going for, you absolutely get such an enormous payoff with, with Dead House Gates. It's a second entry to a series. It's insane, right? Like mm. to, 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 to diverse, you know, to divulge yourself of almost all of the characters that you just, you know, sort of thrown at everyone in you know, sort of thrown at the reader in, in, in book one to then only take a select few and then add in all these new characters and all this new conflict.
2: And then do it a th- third time.
0: And then do it a third time. It's insane. It's like it's 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 almost but there's no downstep in the quality, right? It's it's not that oh he's just supplanting them to, to to you know maybe shake things up. It's like, no, here's a brand new cast of really in depth, really interesting characters with you know interesting stuff like a Like that's insane. That's insane. And even later on you have stuff um oh, I can't spoil it, but mm-hmm. you have immense characters in the the third reset some of the best and it's yeah. it's it's crazy how creative he was able to be and, and from but anyway. what
1: i read Memories of Ice was a apparently supposed to be the next one but mm. apparently around 300 pages in he lost he lost it on his computer like it deleted or something so divine he went providence read. so so then he went and did Dead House Gates instead so absolutely um, divine providence which oh you know what I kind of like having the two stories kind of swapping between each other because mm. you get you Still, get plot points, especially in like House of Change. You get mentions of the events of Memories of Ice, and that was really exciting to read. Yeah, and 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 uh, you know, I, I like that there's kind of two different stories going on at the same time and they kind of just touch on each other. That again, that's something that I really enjoy in that kind of thing a bit of world building. You know, I know they're in the same world, but just keeping. Keep kind of keeping the timelines, kind of giving you an idea of which what's happened around when. Obviously, they are in you know chronological kind order, of like but um, the house of chains is very is really not long after um, Memories of Ice. If I'm
0: it isn't, no, no, no. The, the events of Memory of Ice have sort of just happened,
1: yeah. The events of Chains
0: yeah. of uh, House of Chains, but. But yeah, I think thank you guys for joining us for this discussion of Dead House Gates. As you, as Aidan has said, we will continue on with Memories of Ice at some point. Uh, I mean, you can refer back to our first Malzan episode as well if you'd like more sort of wider context on the series. But again, heavy spoiler warning on that. And again, yeah,
2: we go a bit far with that one.
0: Generally speaking, I think it should be obvious at this point of the podcast we do dive into spoilers very, very laissez-faire, so to speak. That liberally. it is, we live very liberally. Because we want to discuss these things and, uh, you know, to have a good discussion, you need to spoil things, unfortunately. But thank you very much for joining us for this episode. And if you haven't read this book, definitely, definitely (laughs) get through Gardens of the Moon and just enjoy Dead House Case for what it is. But again, thank you for joining us.